Welcome to the On the Air podcast, a companion to On the Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On the Air podcast extends material found in On the Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby has to offer. The On the Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. In the January-February issue of On the Air, we spend several pages talking about antenna tuners, what they are and how they work. An antenna tuner is one of those devices that seems almost deceptively simple. But is that true? Let's take a closer look. When you reduce the function of an antenna tuner to the bare minimum, it's really as simple as this. It matches the impedance of the antenna system, which is measured in ohms, to the impedance the transceiver needs to see, which is 50 ohms. In case you're wondering, impedance is very much like resistance, except that it combines garden variety resistance with another type of opposition to the flow of power known as reactance. So what's the point of matching the impedance to the transceiver? Why bother? Well, modern transceivers are only designed to handle a narrow range of antenna impedances. They certainly could be more flexible, but that would add substantial cost and physical size to the radio. So instead, manufacturers design radios to deal with 50-ohm impedances at their outputs. If the antenna system impedance deviates too far from 50 ohms, the result is an elevated standing wave ratio, or SWR, at the radio. We explain SWR in the issue, so I won't get into it here. Suffice to say that an elevated SWR can be problematic for your radio. An elevated SWR can cause high voltages to appear in your transceiver's output circuitry, and this is never a good thing. Transceiver manufacturers try to protect your radio from damage by including something they call a foldback circuit. It sounds complicated, but really, all the circuit does is reduce the radio's output power whenever it detects that the SWR has exceeded about 1.5 to 1. So, if you want to load all of your available power into the antenna system, you need to get the SWR at the transceiver below 1.5 to 1. That's where the antenna tuner comes to the rescue. By using different amounts of inductance and capacitance, the antenna tuner can convert the antenna system impedance to 50 ohms for the radio. The result is a 1 to 1 SWR, and your transceiver will be happy to dump its power into the circuit. Seems simple, doesn't it? But as you can imagine, there's a catch, and it's a significant catch. Many hams don't realize this. But when an antenna tuner achieves a low SWR for your transceiver, the SWR between the antenna tuner and the antenna is unchanged. Let me say that again. The SWR between the antenna tuner and the antenna is unchanged. For example, if you have a 2.5 to 1 SWR between the antenna tuner and the antenna, the SWR in that portion of the feed line, let's say it's your coaxial cable, will remain 2.5 to 1. It's from the antenna tuner to the radio, where the SWR will be 1 to 1 or something close to it. 
Having an elevated SWR between the antenna and the antenna tuner can result in some of your power being lost as heat. How much is lost due to SWR depends on the type of feed line you're using and the frequency at which you're operating. If you're using coaxial cable and operating on one of the higher HF bands, like 10 meters, this loss could become serious if the SWR is high. On the other hand, if your feed line is something like open wire line, the loss will be minimal regardless of the SWR. Now you know why many hams prefer open wire feed lines, but that's a topic for another podcast. The key point to keep in mind is that the SWR reduction only occurs between the antenna tuner and the radio. By adding an antenna tuner to the equation, what you've done is make it possible for the radio to put as much power into the feed line as it can. Power is still being lost between the tuner and the antenna, but at least you have more power in the whole system to compensate. I don't want to underplay the importance of antenna tuners. They can be critical components in some ham stations. Just keep their limitations in mind and don't expect miracles. So, what kind of antenna tuners are available for the HF bands? The first place to start is inside the radio itself. Increasingly, manufacturers have been including tuners inside some of their more expensive transceivers. Most of these tuners are limited, though. They can usually only handle SWRs up to about 3 to 1. If you're dealing with an SWR higher than 3 to 1, chances are the tuner in the radio will not be able to provide the 1 to 1 match your radio wants to see. If this is the case, you may need an outboard tuner. This can be a manual or an automatic model. It's worth noting that all built-in tuners are of the automatic variety. With that in mind, let's talk about automatic tuners first. The typical auto tuner is a box that contains coils, capacitors, switching relays, and some sort of microprocessor control circuitry. Depending on the design of the tuner, it goes into action whenever you apply RF power or press a button. It uses a set of relays to rapidly select combinations of inductors and capacitors, switching from one to the other until it finds a combination that provides a low SWR for the radio. It usually does this in a matter of seconds. Now, if you're close to the tuner, you can actually hear the relays chattering away. All of this mixing and matching is guided by the microprocessor. Once it finds a combination that works, it records the settings in memory for future use. Among the automatic tuners on the market, you'll even find a few that are designed for remote installations. These auto-tuners are particularly interesting because they do the matching at the antenna, or pretty close to it. Assuming the length of the feed line between the remote tuner and the antenna itself is short, that means the rest of the feed line going back to your station has an SWR at 1 to 1. As a result, the loss in your feed line will always be as low as possible, which is a pretty clever trick when you think about it. It's common to find hams using remote tuners at the bases of antennas that consist of nothing more than a single tube or wire. Thanks to the remote tuner, they can use the wire on several different bands because the tuner will provide the low SWR for the coax back to the radio. The other type of antenna tuner that you'll find are manual tuners. And as the name implies, you have to adjust these yourself. 
the typical manual antenna tuner will have three primary controls. There will be two controls attached to variable capacitors, so you can change their settings by tuning one knob or the other. There will also be a control for the inductor. This could be a knob that continuously changes the inductance, what is known as a variable inductor, or simply a switch that lets you select between different fixed amounts of inductance. Many manual antenna tuners will also have meters on the front so you can see the SWR. Manipulating a manual tuner takes a little practice. The first step is to just turn up the volume on your transceiver and adjust the tuner controls until you hear as much noise as possible. Now, transmit a small amount of power, say just 10 watts or so, and adjust the controls as you watch the SWR meter. The idea is to bring the SWR as close to one-to-one -one as you can. Once you've found the lowest SWR, it's a good idea to write down the settings of the controls so you can go back to them easily. Keep in mind, you must adjust antenna tuners at low power. This goes for automatic antenna tuners as well. You don't want a lot of RF energy present while tuning, because that can result in high voltages inside the tuner, high enough to cause considerable damage. So how about some antenna tuner shopping tips? If you're in the market for a manual tuner, make sure you get one that's rated for the power you think you'll be using at your station. If you're using a 100-watt transceiver, make sure your tuner is rated for a minimum of 100 watts continuous power. Not peak power, not power for a short period of time, but continuous power. This is important. You'll need that continuous power rating if you're operating digital modes like, let's say, FT8, because they require your radio to constantly generate output. Unlike SSB or CW, the power remains essentially at one level when you're using most digital modes, possibly for an extended period of time. Your antenna tuner needs to be robust enough to handle this kind of operating. You may see some tuners that are advertised as being rated for, say, 200 watts. But look closely at those specifications, and sometimes you'll see something like 200 watts PEP. That's peak envelope power. That's momentary power, not continuous power. The continuous rating is usually much lower. Of course, if you don't think you'll ever want to operate at high continuous power levels, well then save your money and pick a tuner based on the PEP or SSB power rating. Also, when you're shopping for a manual tuner, you'll find some that do not have meters. These are less expensive because they rely on you using the SWR meter that's built into your transceiver. Frankly, I would recommend investing more and getting an antenna tuner that has the metering already built in so it's right there when you need it. In manual tuners, you'll also find some additional features like switches that allow you to select different inputs and outputs. Some antenna tuners also have built-in dummy loads for antenna testing and troubleshooting. When considering an automatic tuner, pay attention to how it's powered. All automatic tuners require DC power to operate. Do you have to run a separate wire to the tuner to supply the DC voltage? Or can you send the DC voltage in the coaxial cable through what is called a bias T? Also, will the automatic tuner operate whenever it senses that your transmitter is generating RF power? Some do, some don't. As the on-the-air article points out, 
Some automatic antenna tuners require you to push a button to start the tuning. If the antenna tuner is sitting right beside you on your operating desk, this isn't a big deal. But of course, if you have the antenna tuner in another location, that could be a hassle. For an antenna tuner that won't be nearby, look for a model that offers so-called RF-sensed tuning, or what is sometimes called RF-activated tuning. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the January-February 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. I'll be back next month to talk about the March-April issue, which will introduce you to the new solar cycle that's just begun and give you some ideas about what to expect. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org, Read our blog at arrl.org forward slash OTA hyphen blog or learn more about ARRL membership at arrl.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY 73.